Hi, everyone. Welcome into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you've joined us for Executive Decisions, where the goal is to touch on the various aspects of being in an executive position, whether they're day-to-day considerations or examining the larger picture. Today, we're getting our insight and knowledge from an individual who's had success at those higher levels. So we're going to pick his brain a little bit, uncover some of those keys to success. Our guest for this episode is David Cicerelli, founder and CEO of Voices.com. He's also a finalist for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, as well as uh, the first Canadian chosen to be a Google Glass Explorer. We'll hopefully touch on that later in the show as well. David, thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much, Tim. Great to be here. It's definitely a pleasure to have you and uh, very interested to pick your brain a little bit, as I mentioned off the top. Uh, Before we we get into it, though, our listeners always like to know exactly where our expert guests are coming from. So if you could describe a little bit about your experience and also your organization. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I'm uh, certainly a bit more of a, the traditional entrepreneur, um, and didn't go through uh, the the ranks of the corporate uh, structure. Um, I'm uh, kind of a born and bred entrepreneur. I'd, I'd consider myself, and uh, you know, started a really. This was one of the first companies that I started, uh, Voices.com, and I think one of the first challenges that many entrepreneurs face is, you know, should you are you really best qualified to lead the company forward? versus maybe hiring in some, uh, some expert help. Because um, there's a lot of technical entrepreneurs, maybe people who have a background in the product design or maybe sure. just marketing. And so I really kind of saw that as a challenge for myself to uh, round out the skills that are needed as, as the leader of the company and uh, really kind of understanding what is the role and job of the CEO. Um, so uh, a little bit of a, maybe a different podcast than some people might be thinking of, uh, because truthfully, this has kind of been my my one and only gig uh, for the last 10 years is being the CEO of Voices.com. No, and that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And we like getting these different perspectives. And we do look and, and look to find different individuals who've had those uh, perspectives that might be a little bit different. I guess then the question would be, at what point did you really feel like you were ready to take that step or you knew, you know, I want to be the the person in charge. I want to have my hands on all this stuff. I mean, was there something that that puts you into that mindset or piqued your interest in some way? I think I've, you know, I think I'm so fascinated with all the various aspects of running a business. Okay. And so really the, the, the role of CEO is one of the few within a company um, that gives you or grants you that opportunity to know and uh, know enough about and explore enough of, you know, technology, uh, product development, sales and marketing and finance, uh, you know, customer service, public relations. These are all fascinating areas uh, for me. Now, kind of when it comes to day to day, you know, I tend to be kind of focused on one of those maybe for a, for an entire day or okay. for a week and then kind of cycle through the company. Um, so really, it's I would just say from the get go, to be honest with you, I mean, my worldview is is one of of uh, certainly one of optimism and, and thinking that tomorrow is always going to be better, but it is my responsibility and and my challenge to kind of you know make that happen. Um, and certainly not all by myself. Obviously, that's uh, where the critical um, partnerships with um, your team members and and uh, other stakeholders, maybe within the community, um, play such a vital role. Sure. So I, I I don't see it kind of any other way, to be honest with you, which is probably why I've stuck stuck with it for a decade. And I think, you know, when people listen, and as you said, you might have a, have had a different path here than some of mm-hmm. the other executives we speak with. 
What would you point to, though, as as the keys for your success? I mean, people think about these unbelievably long hours. They think of catching a break. They think of, uh, you know, just putting yourself out there in ways that you, maybe you didn't anticipate doing. What would you point to as being some of those important aspects that you you took those steps to be able to get in this position and, and obviously succeed? Yeah, I think like most things, they start with a, a vision for how the future could be better and really having that mental picture of, Okay, what what does it mean to be um, you know an entrepreneur or in this case a CEO? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know likely that involves working with people around you. Um, so what where am I strong? Where am I uh, weak? How can I have people with complementary skill sets um, fill in some of those gaps? Um, so I think you know if if I were to put it down to one thing, and I and I say this a lot, which is really business is is nothing but a collection of people working towards a common goal. And so understanding, you know, what, what are we working towards? Are we trying to revolutionize an industry? Is there, you know, are, are we working to solve a, a really critical and challenging problem? And then surrounding yourself with uh, the best people that you can possibly find. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, I, I tend to spend a lot more time on, uh, at least lately, making sure we have the right corporate culture and the right people and people enjoy uh, working at Voices so the, the the nature of the job, I think, changes over time. But if I were to put it down to one thing, it's it's the people, because no 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 one person can really, you know, drive a, a company forward. I think it does take you know everybody you know playing playing their part. Right. With that in mind, I mean, is that your biggest concern? I mean, as a CEO, clearly you have a lot of things on on the table, and you're you're handling different areas depending on the day, as you mentioned. Is there that one concern, the one thing you above all else are focused on? Does it come down to the culture, the people? Is there something else that might keep you up at night that's a main focus for you? Well, I, I think more broadly speaking, it's it's what I would consider our competitive advantage. So there, there are always going to be other companies, um, whether they're Me Too services or um, new entrants within the marketplace or maybe uh, you know an older established player looking to uh, encroach on our space. What makes us different? How are we? How are we going to lead the industry forward? And uh, you know, there's a few thoughts that come to mind. Obviously, the brand and the brand name, making sure it's recognizable and it stands for something, it means for something. You know, having a strategy that uh, is going to be something that you know. And if I could just maybe talk about kind of how how I view strategy, yeah, definitely a little bit. Um, there's the way we've kind of kind of picked it apart is. There are, you know, understanding first your market. So are you serving the the wide needs of a lot of people, serving few needs of very few people, but at high, possibly high net worth or high value contracts? Or are you in kind of a small geographic market or maybe a specific kind of sub-segment of the kind of more mainstream culture? So we view that we're viewing, uh, we're serving really one need, which is somebody comes to our site to hire a voice actor, get a voiceover done for anything from a commercial to an audiobook to a video that's going to be ultimately uploaded on YouTube. But we do that one thing extremely well. And I, there's a lot of research behind this of kind of being best at something, right? Right. And then the next kind of piece of the strategy is, well, once you've defined the market and how you're going to go about it, you need to know what you're not going to do. Hmm. I think there's a lot of emphasis on, okay, well, I'm going to do this list of 25 things. But for us, we often define the strategy by what we won't do. And by doing so, it, uh, I'll give you kind of an, an example. When we establish a, 
or somebody comes to us with a, a partnership opportunity, we will say that we will not do partnerships where we don't see the immediate revenue of a, you know, for us, it's $100,000 within the first 12 months. I don't, you know, something tangible. I mean, we're, again, we're, we're a small business. Larger companies might be in the tens of millions, but at least there's some kind of framework of which we can define what we won't do. And then lastly, the inverse of that is obviously what you will do. And that's, that's really your, your strategy. Kind of rounding out the competitive advantage would be the execution. So for us, that's having the, 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 the people, um, the product and processes in place to be able to deliver an amazing service for our customers. And then, as you did mention there, Tim, that, you know, the culture, I think, is, is extremely important, making sure that, it, you know, you've spent all this time in developing relationships with uh, and, and a team. You know, you want to make it a, a welcoming environment where people want to come into work every day, um, feeling like they are making a difference. Mm-hmm. And so for that, we, we actually measure that on an annual basis um, using what's called a core survey, I'm forgetting the name of the company that administers this survey, but basically it's, a, it's an anonymous employee engagement survey to measure, you know, a hundred and so questions to measure how people feel about the culture, the people they're working with, level of trust, mm-hmm. communications, and so forth. And we use that as kind of the guide for how we make decisions, you know, going forward for our, for our team. Sure. So that that's kind of what, you know, circling back, I guess, what kind of keeps me up at night is, is <laughs> making sure all of those are moving in the right direction. And, you know, how, how do you possibly do that? Um, one of the tools that comes to mind um, that we use is something we call the daily huddle. Hmm. So this is probably the, the divine, defining piece of, you know, what happens at Voices.com every day. Um, and the defining piece of our culture is this daily huddle. If if I can really briefly, I mean it's um, it's a it's a standing meeting only at just uh, twelve or sorry uh, eleven fifty just before uh, before lunch. Okay. So I know everyone's, everyone's going to be in the office, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, we we take kind of five ten minutes to to do a rapid fire information blast, and this is really the only time in, in a lot of ways, and only only time of the day where people actually you know, speak to each other and kind of have those face-to-face conversations instead of being siloed away, maybe in a corner of the office or at a workstation. So it's pretty much the same routine every day. We open up with good news. So this is a customer success story. It could be, you know, we've ordered some new furniture. We've made an upgrade to a computer system. Maybe we got some publicity or some press. Mm -hmm. Then we open and then we move on to numbers. So these are the key performance indicators um, that we write on this giant uh, clear board, um, kind of like a whiteboard, but it's clear. Right. So that kind of, and different people in different departments report these numbers. Now, yeah, they're all in salesforce.com and Google Analytics and so forth, mm-hmm. but we kind of put pen to, or in this case, marker to glass <laughs> as, uh, you know, as really a symbol of like, yep, we're reporting this. There's a sense of accountability. Why did this number go up? Why did it go down? It gives myself in particular the pulse of the business. Okay. And that's really the, the purpose of this. We end up, we round the meeting out with uh, systems, which we say that systems break and people don't. So hmm. there's no sense of blaming here. It's usually a, um, a process that kind of broke down. Uh, and then uh, there's always some jokesters in the, in the room. So we end up with a joke or a word of wisdom <laughs> or a thanks. And then everybody just breaks for lunch after a good hearty laugh. So that that's kind of the, that's where I get the pulse of the uh, pulse of the business and, and on a day-to-day basis and and getting kind of that that update from everybody. 
Oh, and it's it's definitely great to hear that and get that that solid example of of some of the things you're talking about. Um, it was interesting also to hear you mention the idea of what you guys won't do. I mm-hmm. think a lot of times we do talk with business owners or CEOs and, uh, you know, there, there's that push to do more and expand. And because you're doing well, you think that's the way to go. And then uh, that doesn't always happen that way. I guess, was that your own thought process? Is that something that developed over time? Where did that, I mean, it seems so simple, but I think it's something that is overlooked or sometimes people don't think, oh, well, that doesn't apply to us. Where did that come from yeah. for you? Somebody once told me that they had a, a not to do list rather than <laughs> okay. the to do list. Um, they're like, well, here are the things I'm not going to do today just to kind of mentally put it down on paper and, and just, I don't need to think about it anymore. Cause I've decided I made a decision. Right. And so I'm like, oh, well that, that seems like it would be applicable in, in a business environment. I think the thing that sparked it was, you know, working with, um, some consultants and they were advising us that we should use the voices.com platform, which is really a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers together. Mm-hmm just happens to be the services voiceovers. They're like, well, you've got this amazing platform. Why don't you do it for actors and kind of on-camera talent? You know, you could call it faces.com. And I'm like, okay, well, sounds interesting. (laughs) Although my background is in audio engineering, um, you know, the guy running the mixing console. You know, our co-founder is a classically trained singer. A lot of people here come from radio or uh, broadcast background. So us to kind of launch this sister company in with really limited market knowledge and mm-hmm. intelligence, no firsthand experience, which just seems like one of those, no, we thought about it and we've decided we're not going to do that. The risks are too high. You know, going back to that, be number one at something. We'd rather be, you know, the premier place f- for voiceovers and not this kind of we're trying to juggle too many different marketplaces, and I've and I've actually I've seen this online with other companies and and uh, other entrepreneurs. They you kind of wonder, you know. For me, I just look at that as th- that we have this kind of tip of the iceberg type market, which we're just kind of getting going. Mm-hmm. Why would I divert really half of our internal resources to some other project when the most difficult part of any business is getting lift off? It's not like once you've kind of got a few customers under your belt and, and you're generating some revenue, you've built a team around you, now you can really start to accelerate it. That's that's the most difficult part. And, you know, kind of living lived through it once and, you know, grateful to be, you know, modestly successful to date, certainly don't want to repeat that. It's just, it's so challenging and so difficult to do that in a in, in an adjacent market that I didn't have any experience with. So that's, that's why that's on the not to do list is, is, um, you know, I just, it just seems like a distraction if you will. Mm-hmm. And even if it's, uh, you know, for those listening, I mean, it's, it doesn't need to be a, another business entirely or a product or service sure. um, that you're running. It could be even definitions of the, the profile of your customer that you will not do business with or the type of projects that you will not pursue. Um, if you're consulting, uh, in the consulting field. Um, and so for us, you know, another example is in the, again, the world of media production and, and where kind of the voiceovers come into play, we've made a, uh, what we believe to be a moral decision that, uh, we will not do projects that are, you know, exceed kind of a PG rating, if you will. Okay. So basically, you know, especially around kind of political season, we're not, we don't want to get into slanderous advertising. Sure. Um, we don't want to have any uh, video games that have extreme violence and, you know, uh, anything of kind of 
questionable material, basically, mm-hmm. that we would want to have our brand name associated with. So we just drew the line in the sand. And it's sometimes there's things that are gray areas, you know, um, but we, we talk through it and go, what, what are we going to live with in the long run here? Um, and we haven't found that to, to hurt our business in, in, in any way uh, at all. In fact, uh, I would go as far as saying I, I feel like a lot of people respect us um, for making those decisions and kind of proving out that you can uh, that you can continue to thrive uh, in an industry by you know avoiding those kind of less than uh, less than ideal type projects and 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 we've just tried to take the high road on that one and I think it's paid off. Again, that's what we're doing these shows for, just to get a little bit of an inside look and, and different perspectives because everybody's coming at it from a different angle. For, mm-hmm. uh, for yourself, what do you see as being important personalities, important qualities that a CEO would have, an owner, an entrepreneur? I mean, I, I would feel there are still some common areas that you would point to to say, you know, if you are going to be successful, this is something you need to focus on. What would you point to? What's coming to mind is uh, Peter Drucker talked about the uh, the role of the CEO. There's actually um, a great. I think it's like a buck ninety five or something. It's uh, <laughs> it's an i it's an iTunes podcast okay. or it's a lecture or something. And and I listen to this and 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 he and he talks about kind of these exactly as you put it. You know the the skills or what's necessary. The role of the CEO. What do they need to do? And I've taken this to heart, which is I mean really it kind of com- it comes down to communication mm-hmm. and communicating on two fronts. The role of the CEO is to bridge the outside world customers, banks, investors, accountants, you know, the media with what actually goes on the inside world of your company. And, you know, there's other, all, every other position kind of is one or the other, but really the, the differing piece is the role of CEO is, is to really kind of act as that bridge between the two. Um, so that's where I believe that communication is probably the most important skill set because if you can't, and, and, and communication, not just being able to speak articulately or, or, you know, string a sentence together in email. I think all those are important, but it, it does have different forms. Um, you know, considering, even if you don't think you're ever going to be on radio or television, I mean, considering taking a, a media training class, okay. um, you know, as, as just to kind of brush up on those skills or maybe even an acting and improv class. And then of course, you know, honing how you communicate by email, you know, how, always having it, you know, I've kind of learned little tricks over the years to, you know, provide alternatives within email. How do, how do I avoid a, a six string email by just asking, you know, a question once and having like, if then statements, okay. you know, you're going to choose this, then let's do that. Sure. But if you're going to choose this, then let's go this other way. And it just speeds up the process. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, communication visually, you know, being great at creating a, a, a good looking document that's going to represent your company. I mean, the, the graphic design and PowerPoint. I mean, all this stuff, it matters. It, it, it's how people perceive your organization is, is often through the, the communication. So that's what I would, I would put it down to if there, was a, if there was a single skill. Well, with that, we are going to, have to take a little bit of a break here on Executive Decisions, this episode of Being a CEO with David Cicerelli, the founder and CEO of Voices.com. If you want to continue listening to this discussion, head over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. Type in Executive Decisions, Being a CEO, and then type in David Cicerelli's name, and it should pop right up for you. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. 
Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.